0: off the ball you two lads are from leinster so it's no wonder you're giving out of the provincial championship i don't want to take away the provinces who drove the geographical lines back in today is because of the way that the provinces are broken up
1: subscribe to the otb gaa podcast feed
2: wherever you get your podcasts off the ball
1: daily hello everybody you're very welcome along monday evenings off the ball and it's gaa central GAA Central. We talked about it the intercounty season doesn't grab enough of the summer. It's grabbing it this week that is for sure. So we'll be talking hurling with David Herity All-Ireland winner with Kenny and Jamesy O'Connor All-Ireland winner with Clare and of course Gaelic football is to the fore. So Darren O'Sullivan Colin Boyle our dynamic duo are together again. We have the weekend to look back on and then weekend coming up we have Kerry Tyrone on the Saturday Armagh Monaghan as well and on the Sunday Dublin Mayo once again with uh, Derry Cork, Ably, the uh, support act on the Sunday. So it is tasty. 53106, the text number. We are at Off the Ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy here in the studio. Hello. How are you, Joe? And Richie McCormick. Hello. How are you, man? You well? Very well. So Kerry Tyrone followed by Dublin Mayo. We make have basically the two rivalries which have defined the 21st century of Gaelic football back to back. Yeah. Pretty sweet.
0: Let's start them all over again, Joe. Oh, Pretty sweet. It is pretty sweet. There's a part of me that was thinking this morning, listening to the draw, half eight in the morning for some reason, uh, that I kind of did want those teams to somehow avoid each other in that, you know, you keep it almost for later in the I've, championship. i been but waiting all
1: year. I've been waiting. Been waiting enough, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. As we talked about this last week, you're ready for the dessert sick, um, at, sick of delayed gratification. But I think May on Galway showed that knockout games um, between rivals who are of a similar level doesn't really matter too much about the quality because in some ways that was a bad game and if you were falling down from you know the sky and didn't know anything about it you'd be like what's this sport yeah. you know because <laughs> quality wasn't great entertainment wasn't great but Jesus Christ it was thrilling you know and oh, that's just what we need isn't it and it's, it's all gone now so yeah like in some ways couldn't be any better you get to an all-earned semi-final and final they take care of themselves yeah. you get the rivalries out of the way of the
1: quarters absolutely uh, Galway Mayo yesterday, even as a kid, Richie, when you turned up to play sport, if there was a strong wind, you would think, Ah, oh, this is just a bit gimmicky. <coughs> this ruins the thing. And so on the one hand, it was terribly gimmicky. And, it, it, you know, it was like, oh, just give us, let these two play on uh, equal terms, both halves. So I, I wasn't a fan of the wind. On the other hand, it did add a certain novelty intrigue. Is five points enough at halftime? Is that five-point win? Mm-hmm. I guess we're about to find I think it's not enough, but it might be enough. So uh, that was the nature of yesterday. And then the three games on Saturday were pretty decent. We had Tyrone uh, metaphorically growing beards and being back again now that the knockout stages are here. And then one-point games between Kildare Monaghan and Roscommon and Cork. So all in all, we're kind of uh, we're coming to the boil pretty nicely. Yeah,
3: I think that's pretty much all you could ask for going into those games at the weekend that we got three out of four one-point matches and then obviously uh, Tyrone winning as they did against uh, Donegal yesterday. I, I don't know. I, I think it sh- I wouldn't even make too much of a case for the win specifically related to how Mayo played in the second half because they showed that if you do play the ball to hand and you do play with a bit of pace and a bit of, you know, um, measured lunacy then you can actually go about building a score like they did yesterday in that second half and, and setting about destructing all the good things that Galway can do and I think that's where the fascination was is that even with that five point lead at half time you're kind of going I think Mayo probably will come out in the second half and show that they have enough and mm-hmm. it was it was those moments when they played with pace and they played through the hands and that f- fantastic uh, score from the f- from their full back coming forward was case in point I think um, mm-hmm. that showed how well they could play it's whether they can re- recreate it uh, on Sunday um, given the discourse and by God we're going to have six days of discourse between now and then uh, surrounding the Mayo-Dublin rivalry uh, it's the recreation of it I think is going to be the key to them.
1: Don't worry we've been planning our nostalgia pieces uh, just there here in the go. ad break Nick <laughs> and I <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Alan in Dublin makes a fair point not one I totally agree with but oh, a, a fair one lads I don't want to be dragging up all ground here but are, and yet, are, and yet I, are either of these but. actually actually rivalries one team oh, Dublin and Tyrone Beat the other Mayo and Kerry in every game of real consequence. Kerry won four All-Irelands in the same
0: decade that Mayo beat them three times to win All-Irelands. You know, it's a uh, that absolutely was a rivalry. It just so happened Kerry could beat everybody else, but not Tyrone. Tyrone a lot of the time couldn't beat anyone else. You know, we're getting knocked out in the first rounds of the qualifiers and everything like that. You know, it was just. That was just a mad, mad decade. Um, those three games obviously are probably the most famous of
1: games for both sides yeah. in those in those uh, ten years. It's funny, you know, because Darren Sullivan's on the way, and uh, <laughs> it's quite it's quite a Kerry perspective, and probably explains why Tyrone loved playing Kerry so much. So Darren admits that he had a losing record against Tyrone, but like always thought, well, we're better than them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well.
1: That's it, you know
0: oh, see see where do, where does confidence overlap with complacency then I don't know it's hard to it's hard to kind of uh it, it might be unfair to Kerry to suggest that they were complacent in those years, especially come yeah. but like i I even remember in o eight so I remember like Kerry had won two all Ireland finals in a row in o six and seven by a long way. they hammered uh mayo and they hammered cork, and then you get into the o eight final and this is a throne team that had done nothing for a couple of years had gone through. A long round the qualifiers, they all grew beards. Nobody thought too much of them, and then you're suddenly in a uh, all earned final. You're thinking, "Well, Kerry are definitely going to do it this time." Like you know, stop worrying about what happened. Yeah. You know, three and oh five is definitely going and again. Just Tyrone had their number and the... just beat them easily in the end. You know,
1: four points I think, but it's, it felt like more. The emergence in that quarter final of the Tyrone team with beards against Dublin remains the most thrilling moment in Gaelic <laughs> football of the 21st century. <laughs> okay. For me, for me. I yeah. remember, I, like I remember I watching that game. Yeah, yeah, it was raining. They all just walked out with beards, and it was the most fearsome thing. I thought, Jesus, these lads have just eaten raw meat for the last few weeks. <laughs> like they've all been living up a mountain together. Yeah, they're going to eat Dublin, and then like poof, they destroyed them. Yeah. You know, like, they absolutely killed them. I just thought, like. <laughs> These, boys, these lads. These are different. Yeah.
0: And they were like, you
1: know, oh. for that team to win three all
0: Ireland is still just such an incredible story, mm. you know. But I like also Mayo Dublin, we've had this argument a million times. You can argue whether Mayo are a great team or not, and there's people in, in the team even around are on different sides of that. But you can't say it wasn't a rivalry. They were they were the team that Dublin they were the last boss for Dublin every year. And they beat they beat Dublin in semi finals. Yes. Yeah, yeah. bookending the great Dublin team, I would say. I don't think they ever beat Dublin at their best, no. but, Draw that's, uh, but they got they very, managed. very, very close. And by the way, one thing from yesterday, just to talk go about on. this, because I was thinking about Killian O'Connor uh, earlier today and his equalising point in 2016. Him coming off the bench uh, yesterday, just when Mayo were getting on top. First of all, the rise of that, and then second of all, two minutes later, for him to go out, win the ball, and score the most classic Killian O'Connor point you could you could possibly imagine. Like, for me, the game was over in that moment. I just couldn't see how Mayo, the lift that Mayo and her fans got from that moment. Like, what a legend he is, by
1: the way. But anyway. Well, the quick question, wonders Hank on YouTube. Should you play with the wind in the first half or the second half, if it's your choice? Tip and Galway both lost playing with the wind in the first. I would lean towards second. Would you? I
0: wouldn't be saving it. I would say you go out and you try and... End the
1: game. T- yeah.
0: I could be It's
3: like playing in a away leg first. You kind of that's that that was always the uh, received wisdom, wasn't it? You what if the wind calms first, down, like,
0: fair point. Or turns yeah. sideways, as it was apparently in the Gaelic. As <laughs> Michael Dwyer was talking about that before the match, he said at one point he was sitting there, it's completely sideways, and it completely changed direction. But well, just was make sure
3: there. that one of your staff members is a confirmed and qualified meteorologist. They've extended to their backroom teams to include all sorts of people
0: now. So why not a meteorologist, Mick? Someone's Get them in it. there. Absolutely. Get I the think, knowledge.
1: I think you've talked me into that, Mick. I
0: think I think there's a, there's a, I think there's a psychological element to it too that if you tell your team to go out there, you take the wind and you grab this grain by the scruff of the neck and you go out and win it. Mm. I think there's something that surely is beneficial in that as well. Yeah,
1: okay. Connor from Galway. Are we going to talk about the stamp kick at Sean Kelly? Uh, Yes, we will. This is Rhino Dunhu. The picture evidence is, if not uh, conclusive, it's pretty damning, I would say. There's no doubt he looks down. There's no doubt Sean Kelly has had a well, publicised ankle injury. There's no doubt he kicks out in that general direction. Yeah. The camera is has, has cut them off. Yeah. So you see yeah. everything but the impact really, yeah. don't you? But the
0: look is very like gives it all away. Ah, it really you can't does. really argue with it the really look does. You can't. straight
1: down and then Kelly's reaction a second later. And I've seen since seen a photo of contact with Kelly's like ankle area, Achilles area. Like he's going for the ankle and it's Sean Kelly's ankle. So yeah. it's very ugly. It's just a, a bad moment. Not a, nice. A touch of heat at the moment and some quick calculations realising who it was. Do you know the thing is, and look, I, I, I would imagine Ryan who, after the game is thinking, oh, jeez, what was I thinking? I would imagine. Because you can't imagine a good scenario. There's no good outcome. Mm. The only good outcome is you don't make contact and nobody picks it up on camera. Other than that, you have where we are now, which is it was picked up on camera and I don't know if the CCCC are now compelled to look at it or not. And the GA Book is a mystery to me. <laughs> But given that the referee didn't deal with it on the pitch, Mm. does that open it up? I'm not sure. But either way, there's no good outcome because one, it's talked about and and it's you're synonymous with it for a a period of time, however long that may be. But like worse again, imagine you do make a good contact with his ankle and he limps out of the game 30 seconds later. You're going to feel terrible. Or thirdly. The
0: I not it feel terrible it depends It depends what way you do it But you're going to be As you said You're synonymous with it now If it, that had resulted in an injury And he's walking off afterwards You're going to be like Like
1: kache Or one of those like, Do you know what I mean that's, that's the way you're going to be viewed Like, Or thirdly um, You get a red card mm. And your teammates say What the hell are you doing Like there's just no
0: Good no mad logic no. to it now at all except the only thing is I would say is that that stuff has been done on a GEA field for time immemorial you know like that is there's a famous story not to bring everything back to Claire Hurl as I always do but like there is a famous story it's in one of the books that you know everybody knows that Shawnee McMahon uh, dislocated his collarbone or his sh- or shoulder whatever it was in yeah. the semi-final against Cork in 1995 won the line ball etc Claire got the goal so he's there for the Munster final three weeks later or whatever it is and he really probably shouldn't be playing he's miraculous but the whole thing was look Nan's great idea was Limerick are going to target this now they're going to be straight into him so they strapped up the other shoulder clever <laughs> and apparently two minutes in gets a right wallop on the fit shoulder, knocks the guy back and Shawnee's fit as a fiddle and they don't think to go near him after very that. Very clever. Very, very clever. But also it does show you that what Ryan who oh, yeah, yeah. does hi- here isn't unique. You? And it, you could call it all the words in uh, the world, but then a lot of other people would look at that and think like, that's just a done thing. We're playing high level sport here. Yeah. There's a guy out there that has a weakness. I don't think you should be kicking him in it and I'm not condoning it whatsoever. But what I am saying is that there is an argument out there that people would say that's just the way things go.
1: Completely. A lot of people would say look it's all is fair love Mm. and war. Just as you were talking there I found myself uh, and it it is from memory but I'm pretty sure Kevin McStay a couple of years ago wrote a really strong piece against like violence in the G.E.A. Now I I don't know if you're putting what Rhino O'Donnell did down under that bracket but McStay was really against the culture that runs through in G.E.A. of skullduggery of any kind. And it mm. like it, generated, it was a, the talking point for a day or two or three, you know. So I kind of wonder, like, co a day, what McStay might say on the QT over the next few days. Will yeah. it be, Ryan, don't do that again, understand emotions running high, you're in the thick of it, but that's not what we do. Mm. Or will nothing be said because I it,
0: all is fair? There is a kind of an element of, like, what are they doing all there in the first place? Like, if you look, at it, before he draws the kick, something that would never be commented on, nor should it, because everyone would do, was that, like Kelly is squaring up to a different guy, and I don't know who comes in from behind with the forearm into the lower back, even just to start it like a third man in from behind, mm. you know. And again, it's just such a done thing because the throw in is any is is you're jostling for it's free hit. supremacy, free hit almost, yeah, unless you go too far, you know. Yeah, so that is uh, look, I think it's all worth thinking about,
1: yeah, okay. <laughs> The news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neonite edition is available now. Richie, where are we starting?
3: Uh, Shamrock Rovers have the chance to end the night seven points clear at the top of the SSE or Tricity Permanent Division. Stephen side welcome. Second place Derry City to Tallaght Stadium. Rovers making four changes to the team that was pegged back at Daily Mount. On Friday night, uh, Sean's Hoare and Kavanagh come into the side, as do Richie Tell and Johnny Kenny. Derry make two changes from their last outing. They're also bedraggled by injuries, with only seven of the available nine substitutes named on the bench. Kickoff in Tala at 8 pm. There's a 7.45 start at Oriel Park, where Dundalk go up against St. Pat's tonight. Meanwhile, Drogheda have been dealt a twin blow today with the news that both Freddie Draper and Alicia Ahui are returning to their parent club, Lincoln City. Draper departs as the Top Flights Player of the Month, having scored eight. Times in 21 league appearances. Right back Ahui played in all but two of Drogs League games this season, and Mayo FC have taken their first steps towards potential League of Ireland inclusion. They've been granted entry to the EA Sports Academy competitions at under 14, under 15, and under 17 levels for
1: 2024. You have the throw in times for Saturday, Rich?
3: Yeah, Mayo and Dublin paired together, as we learned in this morning's All Ireland football quarter-final draw. Mayo securing the last eight place with that 110 to 12 point win over Galway in Salt Hill yesterday. Mayo Dublin will throw in a 4 p.m. on Sunday. Before them will be the meeting of Derry and Cork with a 1:45 start at HQ. Also on Sunday, Tyrone's reward for beating Donegal is a crack at All Ireland champions Kerry on Saturday afternoon. That'll start at quarter to four. There'll be a 6 p.m. throw-in for the All Ulster clash of Armagh and Monaghan. I know somebody was asking on text about televised. Uh, games the Sunday games will be televised the Saturday ones will be on GAA go
1: yes that is the situation so um meanwhile mm. this is interesting I hadn't heard even a rumble of this
2: mm mm-hmm.
3: Robbie Keane is to take on his first head coach's job at Maccabi Tel Aviv. The 42-year-old has agreed a two-year deal with the Israeli club. That might be moot because Keane is the seventh man in three years to take the reins at Maccabi, who recently parted company with Itor Karanka. Maccabi Tel Aviv, meanwhile, will enter the conference league at the second qualifying round stage, where they'll play Moldova's Petro Club Hincesti.
1: So Maccabi Haifa, the dominant team, Maccabi Tel Aviv finished third in the most recent season. Wikipedia tells me they are the only Israeli team never to have been relegated. Oh, well. Bit of trivia for you. So Keane has been desperate to get back into management for a long time. Obviously, things didn't work out at uh, Middlesbrough, nor at the Republic of Ireland. This is... Or Leeds. Or Leeds, yeah. An interesting chance for him. It's interesting, which I hadn't realised there were there was that level of turnover of yeah, it's and managers. So it's, it's a precarious enough um, level of security by the sounds of things.
0: Like, Do you remember when Mick McCarthy went to Apoel Nicosia and you were hearing like, oh, well, they've had 15 managers in the last six months, you know, and you're thinking, well, why is this going to be any different? You know, and then immediately the alarm bells go off. And I think this is like, I think with Robbie, like I hope it goes well and, you know, fair enough. Like, I mean, he probably does is looking to take a role that I can see as a stepping stone, but, you know, you don't want to make too many bad decisions either. No. And if this is one of those, like, basket case clubs that's going nowhere and... You know, first sign of trouble, managers out the door, then what's that go, What's what good is that doing to CB either? No, that's know? true. He said, It's always been my dream to manage my team. Hey, GTA well played, cheap. They were on sensible soccer, he would have been playing with them as a on the
1: the mega drive as a kid, I'd imagine. Yeah, we'll um, do a piece on that in the next uh, day or two and uh, get the lowdown on what Keane can expect or what he's expected to do. 42 years of age now. I would think Richie uh, Rob Keane mm-hmm. has it written down in his. Uh, book of ambitions. Uh what do I got, what do I have to do to get the Ireland job in the next 5 years? That would be the one for him where he can really dive uh, in.
3: Probably not probably not go for 6 months at Maccabee Tel Aviv. Um would probably be my first non-step there because it's not going to last. Um, I think he just has to look at the managerial history there of the last 3 years and even beyond uh, to know that he's not long for for this world or for Tel Aviv's world. Yeah. Um okay. And going to uh, somewhere like Israel is hardly going to be beneficial to his CV, whether he's remarkably successful or, as is usually the case, it seems in in Maccabi Tel Aviv's recent history, moderately successful, finishing top five. Yeah. Um,
2: in the Israeli Europe Premier was the League. Only thing,
0: you know, I think I've got Juventus, Aston Villa, big teams like that in the Conference League, make a bit of a yeah. Shamrock Rovers.
1: Big outpouring, Richie, for Craig Brown.
0: Yeah, the former Scotland manager
3: has died today at the age of 82 after a short illness. He remains his country's longest serving manager, taking over in 93, continuing then until th- 2001. Brown is the last man as well to lead Scotland to a World Cup back in 1998, two years after he qualified them for Euro 96. He'd also been assistant at the World Cups of 1986 and 1990 and latterly managed Preston, Motherwell and Aberdeen. Former Scotland midfielder John Collins among those paying tribute today.
2: He's was a, such a wonderful human being. Obviously, the results it tells you. He was a terrific football coach and manager. He was an excellent communicator. He was a kind man, um, and I just think the word to describe him is an absolute gentleman. Um, mm. He was so thorough in his preparation and his time. I remember whoever we played, we knew them inside out. We knew their strengths and weaknesses, and what he did was he gave us belief we always felt no matter who we were playing Craig would always come out with the lines that we're here to win the game we can beat them he gave us that belief um, and when he was the manager um, he never got the credit he deserved uh, to be honest it's not till uh, he moved on from the job and the years went by that people and the supporters and probably the whole country started to appreciate him more and more as the years went by because he took us to, to finals and here we are all these years later and we still haven't been back to the World Cup
1: A few checks in. Those off-the-ball sneaky hits are almost celebrated by supporters and uh, derision against the perpetrator. Sports shows are even called after them. Yeah, indeed. I have something to where that was going. Uh, What if the wind gets stronger, Mick, says John on YouTube. maybe if you have
0: Richie's meteorologist on your staff, maybe then there's exceptions to the rule, you know. Get special
3: provision. Get the sponsorship deals in place. I mean, there's, there's, you know, they could be sponsored by weather wear and everything, just to get them on board.
0: Hiring meteorologists, people it's the way forward. That's obviously though a, a, an outlier of a situation. Whereas in normal case, say you're getting a standard wind,
1: you know, you have to obviously there's going to be going to be particulars to the decision. <laughs> Let's not talk about this anymore. <laughs> uh, Monday, twelve minutes in, and Mick tells us a Claire story. New game, Mick's Claire Bingo. <laughs>
0: I thought that was a good story <laughs> <laughs> I know
1: it was sorry that was the perfect story for the Sean Kelly situation uh, that's right lads it was the beards that won it for Tyrone much easier than having to admit they actually outplayed Kerry oh my god jeez whoa just think I think I just said they hammered him a few minutes ago yeah. I think we did four points I said the beards were cool I didn't say it's the reason they won obviously it's not the reason they won uh, you kind of did <laughs> uh, no I thought it was like fearsome looking <laughs> obviously if they had grown the beards I think it was why you said they would beat Dublin anyway we were all it's used not, to them by the time Kerry came. It's not why they beat Dublin, <laughs> but it was just made it amazing. I wouldn't remember that game as vividly no. otherwise. Just that moment of God, the beards. Obviously, if they what come if you out, can't grow a beard, you'd have to be kicked off the team. Well, indeed. What if they if they'd stunk the joint out then the, the beards I appreciate might not have won the game for them. I'll acknowledge that you've got to be careful what you say sometimes. Uh, pedantic text or Well, them. indeed. Thanks, lads, you're doing my heart good. Looking forward to the GAA talk. I know. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it feels like summer has started in, um, in a way. And yet it's the last,
0: uh, the last <laughs> Monday where we'll be talking about both football and hurling. Yeah, you said that earlier on. Yeah. So three weekends, of hur- two weekends of hurling. Two weekends of hurling, three weekends of football left, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what? We don't even have an L replay for a bonus thing anymore. The replays are banished.
1: I'm just fine. I feel like we're getting our groove, hitting our straps. I know.
0: You know. So I was thinking, you do back-to-back championships. You go straight
1: away into a new one. Yeah. After all our Uh I'd like to get your opinion on people moving around during a concert, getting drunk oh. while the concert is on. They need to stop serving drinks while the main actor is performing. That. Don't
3: get me started. Show. It's
1: a different show. We don't, don't have time.
3: Can, don't get me started.
1: We won't, it's fine. Me we won't. Nobody's getting started. Thumbs down. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm about to mount my high, high horse here. Can you in? in lieu of doing that just uh, give us a sense of what happened to Stephanie Meadow and Leona Maguire last night because there was a time yesterday where uh, it was very exciting
3: yeah, uh, Stephanie Meadow collected a cheque of $423,000 nice. uh, by tying for third at the Women's PGA Championship. Her final round of 70, though, saw sort her of finish on six under par, two shots behind the eventual winner, Ruyang Yin of China, the first Chinese woman to win a major. Leona Maguire's 74 meant that she had to settle for a share of 11th when it looked like she would be in contention on that final day.
1: Yeah, it just didn't work out for either, unfortunately. Stephanie Meadow's in the show tomorrow? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll chat to her about that. And Leona just um, never made anything all day and, and didn't strike the ball quite as well as the previous days. And like it was very noticeable she's behind Shin and Meadow on pretty much every fairway. Like She distances a, an extra hurdle for her. Um, and I think as it dawned on her that it wasn't going well, the disappointment of that meant she shot a seventy-four.
0: Yeah, there was a two-hour delay, and I feel like if she'd come out and made par, even after she was in a bad position, she ended up uh, not tree putting, but tr- tree from around the green. And I think if she'd even made par there, she was still well in contention. She was only a shot off. I think that you know the the chance of the weather delay re uh, exactly, energizing yeah. her just went away straight away, and she just nothing
1: fell for her, like you know. No, Um uh, she's people are feisty today. Hi, lads. One of the big pluses of GIAGO this weekend is it might actually make some Kerry people attend a game of football. They are the worst supporters in the country. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great stuff. Uh, worst, <laughs> worst supporters in the country. They've one team to support. Oof! And a uh, very successful team. But like their first cousins in Kilkenny, they only turn up for the big matches. Do you know what Kilkenny is?
0: I was only thinking that. Uh, they, uh, they rivaled them? You know, all are in the semi final last year and I just like what did it was like a half empty Crow Park. I was like, Oh, we're waiting for the final,
1: you know. Who
0: are the worst supporters
1: in the country five three? But what, what 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 uh, what connects Kerry and Kilkenny, Joe? Yeah, well indeed, they're fattened. Exactly. On the good stuff. Um Will Crow Park we gotta go. We'll chat about this later on. Will Crow Park sell out <laughs> potes? Oh I wouldn't say so. No. I wouldn't say Saturday. Not a Saturday. Hopes, those, aren't aren't
0: there? The dubs and mayo won't yeah. sell it out themselves. Uh, Sunday might, but I don't think Saturday will.
1: Kerry, won't. Tyrone won't travel in big numbers, no? For Kerry? I think you're talking 60,
0: 65 is a oh, good okay. crowd there, you know? Still a big, huge number of people, like, you know?
1: Sunday sell out.
0: Mm. No, you well, don't think I so. I wouldn't be guaranteed it now, you know? Dublin okay. Dublin fans aren't what they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> they got fattened as well, as you say. Okay. Uh, We've got to go. Richie, thank you very much.
1: Nice and lads. Michael, thank you.
0: Thank you.